Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, November the 9th in 2020 on When I Rise. We're currently in year A, properly 28 in the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. And on Mondays, we like to look at the Old Testament passage for the week. And so we're going to start a passage series. I think it goes to the end of the lectionary cycle in the book of Judges. So we're going to be in Judges chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. So I'll read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along its theme. Um, just want to make a side note here. We just crossed over 40,000 listens on the Win Our Eyes podcast. So this is crazy. Uh, that's a huge number. I never thought we'd get there. I thought there'd be like three people ever listening to this. And so 40,000 is amazing. So thanks for making me a typical party of morning and for us getting a chance to pray together. And so I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's a great gift to do this ministry with you. So let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer this morning. Judges chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now that Ehud was dead, so the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Hazarsheth, Hagoyim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will send Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. This is the word of God for us. I think at the heart of Deborah's story is a unique principle of leadership. Uh, leadership happens in a couple of different environments. Environment number one is where you're expected to lead because people are assigned to you, right? So maybe uh, you're a manager in a company and you've got uh, people who report to you now because of your leadership position. Or maybe you're a leader in a church and you're like over the kids ministry and so kids belong to you, right? So there's at times where we're led because people are attached to us directly. It's something that just happens. It's we are the leader of this thing and they belong to this thing and so they're looking to us. And so that's uh, one form of leadership. The other form of leadership is where people choose you um, even though they don't directly belong to you, right? So they seek you out. Um, they may be uh, attending another church and they love that church, but they also know that you've got a particular specialty in an area that they're looking for, and maybe the leaders in their church aren't exactly gifted or skilled in that area, so they need help, and so they, they pick you. They're not stuck with you, they're not assigned to you, but they, they come seek you out. I think this is the power of Deborah's story. Deborah is a woman in a time when uh, women were barely above the, 
I don't know, the status of property, or maybe they were property in some communities. But here's Deborah. She holds court under the tree of Deborah. It's not an official place, but it's a place where people come to. And people are going out to her, and they're asking for her opinion on what to do in a dispute. This is what a judge would do. They would sit with the people, and they would uh, hear stories, and they would hear a dispute, and they would try to rule who was in the right in any given situation. And so Deborah's unique because women don't have this function in this culture at this time, but they see that there's a presence resting upon her that is helpful. And so this presence continues because even though she's not in charge, God tells her a specific word about Israel's future deliverance. And he gives that word to Deborah in order to give to the true leader at that time. And so here we have this unique form of leadership, this escalating to where she has more and more influence on people around her. I I, I say this, I think at times we think that we're not leaders because we don't have people who belong to us. We don't have people who are assigned to us. Uh, And so we don't feel like this is not our time to lead. But leadership only requires one person following us. And that could be an official capacity or it could be in uh, an unofficial capacity. And so there is a chance that every single one of us will lead someone today. We will say something and the earth will move. People will respond. People will take our opinion, our directive, our perspective in mind and the world will change because of it. We will internalize a decision. We will make that decision and it will change something around us. That is leadership. And so my prayer for us today and for this week is to make the most of our leadership. I think everyone's looking for direction right now. Uh, The world seems to tad upside down in our culture and people are looking for kind, compassionate uh, leadership. And they're looking for people who will be deep thinkers, but also be people of action. And those will, the people, those will be the people that people seek out, the second form, second order of leadership. And I pray that that'd be you and I, so that the world could be reshaped around us in a way that looks like Jesus, a whole lot more like Jesus than it does today. So I want to pray that that, that that opportunity for leadership is made clear to us today and in the days ahead. And I pray that we'd make the most of it as we put our trust in God. So let's spend some some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're a generous God and you never give up on us, that the work you started, you're going to bring to completion in all of our lives. God, in a mystery, we don't understand why that sometimes whenever we say something or respond to a question that people nod our heads along with our answer. People respond with saying, I never thought of it that way before. And can you tell me more? There's something that you've placed within us, a deposit, the scripture says, to help shape the church and the world around us. And so God, I think that every one of us, whether we influence one person or whether we influence multitudes of people, whether that be directly in a meeting or, or indirectly online, Um, as we influence those around us, God, whatever it might be, whatever shape it takes today and the days ahead, I pray that you would show us our opportunity and I pray that we would sense the empowerment of leadership upon our lives. God, I pray that as we make decisions that we would consider the wise way, not just maybe the most effective way or the most efficient way or the way that we've always done it before. I pray that we would hear and sense your wise word resting upon our hearts as we help lead us and others forward. And so God, today, whether it be in a family system or in an organization or a corporation or a church or on a team or in a neighborhood organization, whatever it is, God, I pray that wherever you launch us to today, that we would be expecting to be humble leaders as we follow our humble King. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.